Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for checking out Talking Sports with Evan this week. I am Evan, your host here at Talking Sports with Evan. And I want to thank, again, thank you all for spending some time to check out the show. Um, Lots to discuss here today. It is Packer and Bears week. So I will be previewing Packers versus Bears, the game coming up here on Sunday um, at Lambeau Field. And should be a a fun Packer game and probably going to see a lot of A.J. Dilling in, in the game too, being that the uh, that part of the state is going to be uh, getting some storms, uh, some snow tomorrow into Saturday. So the field conditions and might be a little bit on the cold side, which tends to typically happen following a nice little snowstorm coming through. But anyways, I will be discussing Packers and Bears uh Packers by week, uh, just wrapping up, wrapping up this week, returning to practice, which also meant the return of Jair Alexander to practice for the Packers this week. Um, did some individual drills yesterday. I haven't really seen how he did uh, today at practice, what he participated in. I don't think he'll play this week against Chicago, but his 21-day window to be activated to the active roster has officially opened, which... I I would envision him probably not being activated until probably the Ravens game would be my guess, if I'm a betting man. Um, maybe the, the Browns game on Christmas, get him some reps. <clears throat> uh, still no word on when Bakhtiari is going to return. He, remember, before the bye, he did have a, 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 a procedure done to his knee. Um Again, no no clue when he'll be back. And it's sounding like if Zadarius Smith does return, it'll be closer to the uh, closer to the playoffs that they would um, have him return. So that's quick Packer uh, update for in regards to injuries. So like I said, I will be previewing Packers and Bears, uh, Vikings and Steelers tonight on Sunday night on Thursday night football. And if the if the Steelers win tonight and the Packers win on Sunday, the Packers clinch their uh, playoff spot. So hopefully the, the Packers can get that victory. I mean, hopefully this, the Steelers can get that victory tonight and then the Bears get that victory. Or the Packers get that victory over the Bears. The Packers get the victory over the Bears on Sunday. So the Packers can get that playoff spot clinched and uh, as well. So, Aside, along with talking about Packers Bears, um, we're getting to the point where the hot seats are getting warm for a number of NFL coaches. Uh, the Raiders are probably looking for a new coach. They have an interim coach right now after Gruden got let go or resigned due to his uh, emails that got leaked, which, you know, he definitely deserved what he got per se, but he, uh, he got, he, forced to resign after those emails got um, got leaked. Um, so obviously that'll be a position that needs a new head coach, but I'm going to kind of, I'm going to talk about what um, other positions, uh, what other teams are likely going to be looking to move on. And I have one bold prediction to make when I do get to um, teams moving on when they, uh, moving on potentially for new uh, new coaches. So I have one bold, bold prediction I'm going to make later on in the show. So um, 
Also going to talk some Badger basketball. The Badgers are red hot after beating Indiana last night after being down 22 points at one point. They came storming back and got the victory over Indiana. They won the Maui Invitational in Las Vegas uh, over Thanksgiving weekend. And they have one loss on the year to Providence, a game where their best player did not play. So Badgers basketball, what can we look for moving forward? Is this going to be a team that can uh, get hot and stay hot come tournament time? Or is this a team that has its flaws and limited and we should just enjoy what we're seeing right now? Um, so, so yeah. So, to start off with, though, I think, again, Packers-Bears. Packers, Bears. Packers uh, taking on the Chicago Bears. Packers have, you know, Aaron Rodgers made the comment uh <laughs> following uh, his rushing touchdown in Chicago that I still own you or I've always owned you. Um, So that's been a big talking point. Uh, He's asked about it on his show with Pat McAfee and press conference, and he's got no regrets and I don't blame him. You know, it's the Pat, this rivalry with the bears rivalry has been extremely one-sided. It has been extremely one-sided and we got to we got to have something happen to ignite um, both sides a little bit. I, I know f- uh, former Bear Olin Kroon, uh, their former center, was quite unhappy of the comment, stating that he would punch him in the face. Erlacher talking on Wody and Tausch on ESPN Wisconsin. Find that on ESPNWisconsin.com. Uh, Wisconsin on demand. Uh, you can find that interview on Wisconsin on demand as well as that full show. He was commenting that he liked it and he he was a uh, you know he doesn't blame Rogers for saying it because since Rogers has been a Packer, the really since Brett Favre has been a Packer, the Packers have owned this rivalry. And I, I'm trying to say I think I saw Rogers was 21 and five, 26 and five. I think it was 26 and five against Chicago since becoming the starter of the Packers. And it really should be 27 or 27 and four because one of those games where the bears won Rogers started the game, but got knocked out due to a broken collarbone back in 2013. And we all know how the game in Chicago later that year ended with the uh, game winning touchdown pass to uh, Randall Cobb to put the Packers in the playoffs to win that division in 2013. But the Packers have had great success against the Bears. They've been, they've made this rivalry one-sided. Before Brett Favre got to Green Bay, the Bears had such a big lead in the win-loss column in this, in this series that I'm sure some Bear fans were wanting to know if this is something they could call a, rival, a rivalry, rivalry, especially during the 80s. Um, when the the Bears pretty much dominated Green Bay. But when Favre came to Green Bay and now with Rodgers, it's a series that the Packers have been in complete control over. And you got to think that is going to make the Bears that much more fired up, trying, you know, like the, the, the Gophers and the Badgers, the Gophers knock off Wisconsin uh, in, uh, in Minnesota this year to take the ax back for the second time in, I think, what, three three, four years, and before that, it was 13 years or so or longer before the uh, before the, the, the Gophers got the axe, and, you know, it, it, it fires up the, 
It fires up the Gophers every year to try to start taking some games back as the Badgers made that one dimensional for such a long time. And now Minnesota's won two of the last three. I'm sure the Bears are going to look to try to start taking, um, trying to regain some control with this uh, one-sided rivalry with Green Bay. And I don't even know if I consider it a rivalry anymore. I guess, what do you think? You can tweet at me or you can comment uh, at Evan Witt Sports. Do you still consider the Bears a rivalry? I, I'm having a hard time uh, saying yes on that one <laughs> as it's been so one-dimensional, um, especially as of late uh, since – pretty much the entire Rogers era and most of the Favre era. It's been extremely one dimension now. So, but this matchup, Matt Nagy's fighting for his job. Um, he's likely going to be let go at the end of the season. And if the Packers embarrass the, the bears enough on Sunday, like right now, the spread is, I want to say 12 and a half. And if the Packers not only uh, take the spread, if the Packers uh, cover and then some, there's a good chance that Monday morning the Bears are waking up with a, a new football coach for the remainder of the season. So Nagy's definitely coaching for his job. The question is, how bad are the Bears going to play for him? We, we we all saw the rumbling Thanksgiving weekend that Mag, Matt Nagy's a, a lame duck coach, that he's likely going to be fired after Thanksgiving, and he beat the Lions, and he survived uh, Thanksgiving. Um, got smoked by Arizona, very sloppy game. Andy Dalton played awful, too many turnovers for Dalton. And, uh, now we get Justin Fields again to see if Justin Fields can lead the bears to, uh, to victory, which, you know, he's coming off some rib injuries. So playing in that cold of green Bay with, uh, recovering from bad ribs, that is not really, um, that, that's not, uh, it, it may have some, uh, you know, it may hurt a little bit uh, more on some hits. So it's supposed to be 36 of a high on Sunday in Green Bay with a low of 30 and kickoffs at 720. And if we move to around kickoff, it's supposed to be 36. And so it shouldn't be, I guess, too bad per se. Um, but... You know, with bad ribs running in some colder weather, it could could hurt a little bit when you take some hits. Allen Robinson is expected to play um, this week um, after missing the last several weeks with a hamstring injury. Allen Robinson's coming back, uh, and he commented prior to the game how much he loves playing at Lambeau Field. Well, my my comment is you had a chance to sign with the Packers two years ago, and you chose or three years ago. Yeah, three years ago, and you chose the Bears over playing for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Probably wouldn't have been a better choice to come to Green Bay and play alongside Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the league. You definitely would be getting a lot more um, one-on-ones instead of getting double-teamed a lot and having a quarterback um, that doesn't really know how to throw you the football. The Bears are... I want to say uh, average 174 passing yards per game, which is awful anyway. But the NFL being a passing league, you you have to be able to throw the ball, and they just can't. Offensively, David Montgomery uh, is their their top back. 
And then Herbert, he had a pretty good game against Green Bay the last time these two teams played. Montgomery did not play due to injury, so Herbert got the majority of the carries. And he, he had a pretty solid game for the most part, and the Packers were able to shut it down. Um, Receiver-wise, uh, Mooney is uh, quite the deep threat. He's uh, – I had his, his number in front of me for he catches – so here, there we go. He's got 51 catches for 721 on the year, a 14-yard average per per reception. Goodwin's been a decent downfield threat, averaging 17.3 yards per reception. And you know, Robinson's a receiver that really knows how to get open. Um, Bears currently sitting at 30th out of 32 teams in the NFL on offense, 22nd out of 32 on defense, sitting at four and eight averaging 16.8 points per game, about 23.9 points per game. The the Packers should win. The only way the Packers don't win this game is by unforeseen circumstances. And that's, you know, guys get get dinged up, um, to, you know, uncharacteristic mistakes happen, things like that. The injury report, um, Andy Dalton did not practice with a left-hand injury, which... Justin Fields has already been named the starter. Mario Edwards is limited with ribs. Uh, Fields was full participant in practice with uh, ribs. Uh, Travis Gibson is dealing with an illness. Marquise Goodwin, who I just mentioned, dealing with a foot issue. Uh, McKeem Hicks is dealing with a bad ankle. He was limited. Christian Jones, inside linebacker, dealing with a bad back. David Montgomery did not practice with a shoulder. So we'll see if he can play. Allen Robinson already mentioned that he would be playing. Um, Damian Williams is limited with a calf. So he his status is in question for this game. And their kicker, Santos, is did not practice with an illness. So, <clears throat> again, the Packers should beat the Bears, as I mentioned. Unless, I, unless there's some unforeseen circumstances in this game, I don't see how the Packers don't win. And it it does suck not having Randall Cobb, especially Bear Week as Randall Cobb has been a bear killer in the past. The playoff game in 2013 I mentioned, um, Cobb had a the, the game-winning touchdown pass from Rodgers. John Kuhn with a great block to keep um, the play alive on Julius Peppers. And he had a you know great game-winning touchdown pass there. He had a big catch and run for touchdown against the Bears in 2018. Rodgers returned at halftime after breaking his leg uh, in the first half, he <clears throat> able to come into the game and then just completely um, uh, bring the Packers back after being down 20 to nothing at halftime. And Cobb, like I said, had a big catch and run um, for touchdown there. So it sucks not having Randall Cobb, who core injury, he initially left the Rams game, initially diagnosed with a groin injury. But now after further testing and whatnot, it's a core injury, and apparently he's had surgery already, and the hope is that he can be back for the playoffs. So who on the Packers' offense against the Bears need to step up to take what Cobb does give you? And I have one guy in mind, and maybe it's because I keep banging on this drum and I'm just waiting for him to have his breakout moment. He's had some flashes. He... Injuries has limited him, but I think this is a perfect opportunity for Ecomenia St. Brown <clears throat> to kind of be a big slot target 
and kind of take away some of those, uh, take some of those uh, targets that Cobb was getting. And Rodgers likes EQ. Um, the reason why Rod, uh, EQ is still in Green Bay is Rodgers caught him after he got released and told him to come come back and <clears throat> sign with the practice squad and you, you'll get your opportunities. And he is making the most out of his opportunities. He had a very solid overall game against the Rams. I know he only had the one catch, but he was blocking really well in the running game. He really good on punt coverage, uh, getting a couple tackles in there. Uh, that one got nullified due to an offsides on the on the receiving team on the punt, which gave the Packers a first down. Um, any any uh, stop the ball at the one yard line. So EQ has been taking advantage of the opportunities he's been getting. Very limited opportunities, but he's taking advantage of it. And when you have an offense with Aaron Jones, with Devontae Adams, with now A.J. Dillon, um, there's not a lot of passes to go around. So when you're an MVS, when you're an Alan Lazard, when you're an EQ, Malik Taylor, um, Dagara, any any opportunity you get to get the football in your area, you have to take advantage. And that's what EQ did with the big third down catch on the Packers' final offensive drive to keep the drive alive to set them up for the the field goal that just uh, fell short or uh, was no good. So Lazard has not been taking advantage of his opportunities. He better be ready to take advantage of opportunities going his way because his targets might go up. Um, and other guys need to step up because you know, Devontae, he he's been limited practice the last two days with a hamstring injury that popped up on the injury report. So hamstrings are iffy. It, it doesn't seem to be serious, but you just never know with hamstrings. They could always pop up and um, stop you from being from being able to play. So your MVSs, your Lazard, your EQ, those guys all have to step up. And if I'm Matt LaFleur, because obviously Amari Rodgers is not ready, um, I and I'm not saying give up on Amari Rodgers. I think there's definitely talent there. But Amari Rodgers is not ready for more action at this point of the season. Um it's basically for him becoming a lost rookie season as he has not adapted to the NFL as much as we were all hoping when the Packers drafted him. I know most of the people um slamming the draft pick of Amari Rodgers where majority of them were loving it when the Packers took Amari Rodgers. Unfortunately, it just hasn't worked out in the Packers' favor with getting Rodgers. And I know Randall bringing Randall Cobb back um, took away a lot of his, his reps he was going to be getting in practice, and then he just hasn't taken advantage of his limited opportunities as it was. And so the point I'm getting on is if I am Green Bay, and I'm trying to put together a game plan without Randall Cobb. What I'm personally doing is I'm using Aaron Jones a lot in that Randall Cobb type role. Play, you know, play, uh, play Aaron Jones in that slot role. Get him out in space. Get him to get the ball in his hands. Um, that's what I would do. So, if I have to pick a winner on this game, I'm picking Green Bay. As I mentioned, I, I just think they're the better team. 
I think they're the better overall talent. I think the Bears are a team that is, is if they haven't already, is giving up on their coaching, the coaching staff. And I think the Packers get the victory, and I think it's not going to be a close one. I think it's Packers end up winning this game, thirty-eight to seventeen. Bears score a late touchdown to make it seem more respectable, but I think the Packers stay in control in this game. Um, that's my thought on that. Um, as I mentioned uh, before, I jumped to Wisconsin. Um, the the hot seat for coaches is starting to uh, heat up, if it hasn't already. And CBS, uh, Jason Lekinfara, he had an article on uh, CBSSports.com that was talking about coaches who are going to be on the hot uh, looking for new uh, coaches next year, spots. He had the Las Vegas Raiders, which makes a lot of sense. You have an interim coach right now. He did his best. He's doing the best he can. Unfortunately, it's not enough. Um, the Raiders are overachieving early on this season, but they've fallen back down to earth hard, hard. And they also may look for a uh, new front office personnel too in, in, in Las Vegas. They really, you know, it was uh, Gruden that brought Maylock in, Mayock in. So maybe Mayock gets shown the door and he goes back to being on TV on NFL Network, and there's a whole new front office in Oakland. Um, Chicago Bears, uh, Nagy, as I mentioned, talking Bears-Packers. Matt Nagy's likely out of of a job at the end of the year, if not sooner, if the Packers blow out the the Bears. There's a chance that uh, Nagy might not make it through the weekend. Um, So that's a possibility there. Um, I, I also think they're GM. I think it's their package deal. Uh, I think you have to get rid of both Pace and Nagy. And you look at the roster Ryan Pace has put together in Chicago, it's not very good. There's no depth. There's not a lot of draft picks uh, that are working out. Um, You spent a lot of big money in free agency, and you have nothing to show for it. Um, You traded a lot of draft picks for Khalil Mack. He's on IL for the season, IR for the season. Using baseball there for a minute. He's on IR for the season. Allen Allen Robinson has been in another lineup due to injury this season. He's swung and missed on Mitch Trubisky, on Andy Dalton, on Nick Foles, and it's too early to tell on Justin Fields. Um, but Ryan Pace, he's a big problem in Chicago. So if I'm Chicago, I think you have to bring in a new front office and a new coach next year and bring somebody in that's going to utilize Justin Fields' strengths. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, I think, Unless they go on a magic carpet ride from here until uh, Los Angeles, I think Zimmer is done. I think he's been in Minnesota for a long time and really has nothing to show for it. He's a defensive guru, but his defenses have looked mediocre at best recently when they spent a lot of money to keep people around to try to make a push this year. He has nothing to show for it. Kirk Cousins has looked decent this season. He's shown flashes of brilliance, but you got to decide if you want uh, how much longer you want to keep keep uh, Kirk Cousins around. And I think you need new blood in that coaching staff uh, in Minnesota. And I think the GM, Spielman, he could uh, be on the hot seat as well. The Denver Broncos, um, Vic Fangio came in, finally gets a head coaching job after decades of being an assistant. He's got the Broncos at six and six. But the Broncos, 
they've struggled to find quarterbacks. <coughs> um, Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer. Um, Drew Locke is not the answer. And I know a lot of the big reason why the Broncos are in the situation they are is poor drafting by John Elway. And they have a new GM there who's going to be on year two in his job. I believe it's year two. And he may want to bring his his own head coach. Fangio's obviously not working out, bringing a new head coach. The only reason why anybody considers John Elway a strong player evaluator is the fact that Peyton Manning decided to come to Denver. If Peyton Manning never comes to Denver, the Denver Broncos you're seeing right now, that's the Denver Broncos you saw back then. And they're not winning a Super Bowl and they're not losing a Super Bowl uh, either. They're not even making, they're, they're fighting to even think about making the playoffs. And the GM uh, did a pretty good job bringing some talent in this past offseason, but I just don't think Fangio's that guy. I don't even know how Urban Meyer still has a job um, after the fiasco during the bye week. Um, it was embarrassing to the organization. Um, and the only thing that could save Urban Meyer as head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars is because they they don't want to be a revolving door of coaches. Um, they did leave Doug Marone around way too long, um, but I I think you have to let Urban Meyer go. Um, he embarrassed the franchise, which is the franchise is already an embarrassment, and. And he hasn't transitioned to the NFL well. Your your number one pick over not first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, has looked bad at times. He doesn't look like a franchise quarterback. And you drafted him number one to light a fire in your franchise, and he looked like a just a guy. There's really not been any quarterbacks in the NFL draft this past year that are lighting the world on fire. Like none of them are. But Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be the guy that comes in and dominates the NFL immediately. And he just hasn't looked good in Urban Meyer's offense. And the Jaguars might decide to make a quick switch there. Houston, I think Cully might get another another season in Houston as they continue to strip everything down if there's any kind of value, unless you're Deshaun Watson, because he has his own issues he's going through. And if those uh, civil suits are still pending. I don't know how you trade Deshaun Watson, but I think Cully is safe for the fact that you don't want to try to bring in a new coach now because you're in the middle of a rebuild. <clears throat> Keep Cully there for another year. Continue to trade away anybody that can give you any kind of value whatsoever. Collect draft picks, collect draft picks, collect draft picks. And start rebuilding the team. That That's what Houston needs to do. He's on this list on CBS Sports. But I keep I keep uh, Cully around another year. I think Joe Judge needs to go. Um, I think the GM, Dave Gettleman, uh, needs to go. I think the Giants need to, once again, unfortunately for the Giants, because they're stuck on being a mediocre to bad franchise, they need to just clean house of everything. The ownership needs to clean house of everything. Coaching staff, front office personnel, you name it, you're done. And bring in a new GM, bring in a new uh, 
new some new front office personnel, bring in a new head coach, and try again. And hopefully you, it works out better this time for you because right now it ain't working for you. So that's who they had. And looking at the NFL uh, standings overall, and coach, you know, and talking about coaches who might be on the hot seat. So we already talked Raiders, Raiders and Broncos. If we go through the NFC, I mean, AFC East, Patriots obviously safe. Belichick's a legend, and Patriots are looking like Super Bowl contenders right now out of the AFC with Mac Jones on their center, and they just won a game throwing the ball three times. Um, Buffalo, uh, their coaching staff is safe. Uh, I think. Flores in Miami is safe. Um, Chiefs, Chargers, those jobs are obviously safe unless Andy Reid decides to hang it up after this year. So that's a potential that's a potential spot that could become open because anytime you have a coach that's reached Andy Reid's age, he could decide to hang it up at any time. And that I, that's going to be a very attractive job if if Andy Reid decides to retire. Um, Eric Bieniemy is a, is a successor most people are thinking. But I think they could probably get any coach they want in Kansas City if Andy Reid decides to retire at the end of the year. Um, I think all the coaches in the AFC North are safe. And I think other than Urban Meyer, the coaches in the AFC South are fine. Um, Go to the NFC. um, Giants are probably the only team in the East that job is going to be open at the end of the season. And it's not a job I personally want to walk into. Um, the NFC, the NFC West, I think Pete Carroll might be out of a job. Um, we'll see, but Pete Carroll might be out of a job after the year. I think he's wore out his welcome and in, uh, Seattle in the NFC North, uh, Vikings, Bears and Lions are all jobs that could be open at the end of the season. And which of those three is the most appealing to you? I guess Vikings, Bears or Lions. Um, I think they give Campbell another year personally, but you got to think you go from a, uh, you go from a team that finished around 500 just a few years ago with, uh, Caldwell as your coach to what you have now, it's not looking good in Detroit right now. And then every job in the NFC South, I believe is safe at the moment as well. Now, here's the wild card position, coaching position I have right now. And you, you guys are going to think I'm crazy. And I can be an idiot from time to time. I'm the one that projected a year ago today when I did my show or yesterday that the NFL MVP was going to end in a tie. Obviously, I'm an idiot for that one. I just felt that if uh, Henry broke 2,000 yards, um, he would be a valid choice. And you may just do a dual MVP. Or I thought Josh Allen might get some more votes, but Rodgers obviously ran away with it, deservingly so. I just thought last year we could have sold dual MVPs, but I won't go there. But one coaching job to really keep an eye on is Dallas. And here's why. Mike McCarthy, yes, 8-4 and four right now, has the Cowboys playing solid football. The offense has a lot of talent. The offense has scored 353 points this season. The most, uh, second most, yeah, the second most points scored in the AFC, in the uh, NFC, um, and their defense is pretty solid, and you're probably thinking, I'm crazy for even thinking that Mike McCarthy could be looking for a new job next year, but here's why. If the Cowboys fall short of the Super Bowl, 
Kellen Moore is going to be a hot name anywhere there's a coaching opening in the NFL this year. His name is going to be thrown all over the place. uh, Jerry Jones does not want to lose Kellen Moore. So, a team asked to interview Kellen Moore to be their head coach. The Cowboys fall short of the Super Bowl. I honestly could see Jerry Jones saying, you know what? Sorry, Mike. I'm relieving of your duties, and we're hiring Kellen Moore to be our head coach after we interview a few people to get within, uh, to to get around the Rooney rule. We're going to hire Kellen Moore as our coach. We're going to promote him to be head coach because we don't want to lose him. Tampa Bay did it when they let Lovey Smith go and gave Raheem Morris that job. Um, the the Browns did it when they gave uh, Freddie Kitchens. Um, the Kitchens? Anyways, uh, when they gave him the job, and he was a disaster in his one year as head coach in Cleveland, um, they did it there. And so the point I'm, yeah, Kitchens, the point I'm trying to make is we've seen it happen before when an owner does not want to lose a hot shot young assistant. They move on from their head coach early and they they hire uh, somebody new. They, they, they promote that hotshot assistant. We've seen it happen before. I would not be surprised if we see it in Dallas because you never know with Jerry Jones. So I wanted to talk some Badgers, which I'm not going to get to tonight, unfortunately, because I'm just about to run out of time. Um, do want to thank you all for listening, watching uh, the show. This is Talking Sports with Evan. You're welcome to email me at, at TalkingSportsWithEvan at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at Evan with Sports. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook, too, Talking Sports with Evan. Um, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for listening. I will get back at you, hopefully talking about a Packer victory over the Chicago Bears. Have a good rest of your week and night, everybody.